The Social Mission of the Church The origin and foundation of the social mission of the Church are rooted in the Judeo-Christian tradition. Yahweh is a righteous God in the Old Testament, so He encourages His people as well to become just and righteous in order to realize peace or shalom in His kingdom. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ proclaims that the kingdom of God is already at hand, and the Beatitudes are the ways to attain its fullness. The Church continues to struggle for the realization of the kingdom of God through ongoing renewal and consistent propagation of the gospel through words and deeds. Foundation of the Social Mission of the Church the purpose of the social mission of the Church is to maintain right relationship or justice among people with Yahweh as their God toward a peaceful, orderly, just, and humane community. The following are the Judeo-Christian tradition expressions of justice, Sedaka, Mispat, Hesed, and Dikayosone. Sedaka. Siddhaka means right relationship. In the Old Testament, in this relationship is manifested by Yahweh in his relationship with Israel and with all things he has made, and by Israel in her response of obedience, reverence, and faithfulness to God. Moreover, the right relationship that God has established demonstrates the way of justice for human beings in dealing with one another. The word Siddhaka also corresponds to Yahweh's righteousness. Yahweh shows His righteousness by keeping the covenant and being the very source of righteousness. Some terms related to Yahweh's Siddhaka are mercy, compassion, and salvation. It is identical with deliverance and salvation, describing it as associated to a norm established by God. It refers as well to the ordered relationship with nature in God's dealing with human beings, between David and God, between the king and the people, and among people generally. Mispath Mispath depicts the forensic nature of justice. It is justice based on the context of the failed right relationship that is where Yahweh refuses injustice because the right relationship is being violated. It is also a court of law wherein the accused is punished and the victim is vindicated. Yahweh is a judge who punishes the wicked and rewards the righteous one. Thus, he corrects wrongdoings in order to restore right relationship. The arbiter, the king god, secures order in the community by applying the mispath. It implies deliverance for those who are just and innocent, but harsh for the wicked and sinful. Yahweh will interfere in Egypt with powerful acts of judgment. Hesed Another Hebrew word related to justice is hesed, which is often translated as loving kindness. Other translations are steadfast love, mercy, and compassion. Hesed is the expression of loving-kindness in the kingdom of Yahweh. Yahweh's Hesed is manifested in His everlasting love for Israel. 
remaining faithful in spite of Israel's faithfulness and showing compassion and mercy for her sins. Thus, Yahweh is the epitome of example of doing hesed to others. Jesus' invitation to strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness is basically relational. The Greek word dikaiosone can be rendered righteousness or justice. The metaphor of the kingdom of God embodies the right way God relates with people and sheds light on the word dikaiosone as the manner by which God wants to be king or as to be the divine will is followed. The Lord's Prayer, the Beatitudes, and Jesus' Proclamation of the Kingdom of God God reigns where the divine will is done. One depiction of this is the Lord's Prayer, where we note that Luke's version merely petitions for the coming of God's kingdom and for the doing of the divine will. There is a right situation for humankind, and this is the one willed by God. This is the just situation Whatever is done for its realization is doing justice. Jesus' initial proclamation of the justice of God to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and announce the years of the Lord's mercy, resonates the prophet Isaiah's announcement of God giving justice to his people. Jesus' proclamation of the kingdom of God also entails renewal and righteousness by witnessing the gospel. As the evangelists write, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus also describes how to establish a right relationship in the kingdom of God. As he says in the Gospel, Go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and come, follow me. The Beatitudes of Jesus are also considered as expressions and ways to realize the right relationship in the kingdom of God. The following are the Beatitudes of Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you hungry, you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep, you shall laugh. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called children of God. The Gospel shows in an abundance of texts that Jesus was not indifferent or extraneous to the problem of the dignity and rights of the human person, nor to the needs of the weakest and neediest and the victims of injustice. Jesus' concern was not limited to the forgiveness of sins. At all times, he stressed a real solidarity with the poorest and lowest. He cured the sick, lepers, and blind men, and many more. He fed thousands of hungry people. He personally took upon himself the description of the suffering Messiah as foretold by Isaiah. The social mission of the church is rooted in the ministry and mission of Jesus Christ, 
to, to love and serve by promoting and protecting the well-being of human persons. As such, it can be justified as the Church's mission to realize just relationships in our society. Therefore, just like the mission of Jesus Christ, the mission of the Church to the society is threefold, kingly, priestly, and prophetic. Christ reversed the concept of kingship when he said, I have come not to be served, but to serve. The meaning of kingly role is one's commitment to serve others through active participation to integral human development. Our priestly roles refers to our capacity to pray for one another and our ability to establish a deeper relationship with God through prayer and worship. Our prophetic role is doable by proclaiming peace founded on truth, built according to justice, integrated by charity, and practiced in freedom. The Church and the Questions of Just Relations Among People The Church in the Philippines have been, have been known as the forerunner of truth and justice among Filipino regardless of ethnicity, gender, and religion. In addition, the Church in the Philippines has been challenged not to be identified with any political partisan in order to become a credible herald of peace, justice, and truth, and proponent of unawa, or understanding, awa, or mercy, and gawa, or deeds, among people, particularly the margin marginalized. Respect versus discrimination. After EDSA, People Power Revolution of 1986, emerged a series of contradictory socio-political forces. The decades of political enmity in the Philippines, like similar coup d'etat elsewhere, produced forceful, sometimes bitter, rivalries. For example, Marcos Loyalists versus Yellow Army, Manilenius versus Provincianos, Regionalists versus Nationalists, Pro-U.S. military base versus anti-U.S. military base, all struggled for domination of Christ democracy. The Church in the Philippines is expected to be the advocate of impartiality that shuns away any form of discrimination, conflict, and political animosity. The Church is also called to promote respect for races, genders, religions, and point of view so that national unity and healing are attainable. The Church mandated its ministers, that is, bishops, priests, nuns, and religious functionaries, to shun partisan party politics because this can be a source of division among believers. Masses and other spiritual activities should not be used to forward a partisan political agenda. Discrimination and neglect are obstacles to the full development of persons and of society as a whole. Everyone has a role and needs to have the opportunity to improve themselves so they can take their place in society and participate fully in the community they find themselves in. This aspiration can only be achieved through the recognition of people's capacities, potentials and rights, as well as in ensuring that the structures in the communities and in society as a whole support this group goal. The reality, however, is far from this ideal, and there are in fact many sectors that stay on the fringes. 
not only in terms of where they are physically located, but also in how they have been unable to avail themselves of the benefits, resources, and opportunities enjoyed by those in more secure and stable positions in the society. Duk in Altum Each Catholic is a missionary. He or she is immersed and conscious of the signs of the times, making him or her capable of bringing people closer to the kingdom of God. Like the apostles of Jesus Christ, we Catholics are also fishers of men by witnessing our faith. As agents of hope and transformation. Christ commanded his early followers, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It is through baptism that members of the Christian community are called to a holiness of life in a world befitting disciples of Jesus. In fact, discipleship is the foundational or fundamental vocation in which the church's mission and ministry find full meaning. As disciples of Jesus, we are called into communion with both God and others and are sent in mission to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. As disciples, all members of the church should everywhere on earth bear witness to Christ and give an example and answer to everyone who asks a reason for hope. Thus, the member of the church are called to follow Christ, to grow in holiness and to proclaim the kingdom of God by words and deeds. The Synod of Bishops spoke about the relation between the gospel and justice. Action on behalf of justice and participation in the transformation of the world fully appeared to us as a constitutive dimension of the preaching of the gospel. Thus the church fulfills her mission of preaching the gospel when it teaches the demands of justice. The very nature of the church gives rise to its social tradition. Responding to the demands of our contemporary communities. The fact of religious pluralism. The church recognizes and defends the fundamental dignity of man to be free from coercion in matters of religions. But, even as the Church respects each person's religious liberty, the position of the Church on religious pluralism is clear. All men are called in freedom to Christ Jesus and to His Church, which has a divine mission. Indeed, a mandate to evangelize the whole world so that at time, in the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Lord said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole of creation. To all peoples, the church preaches Christ crucified, a stumbling block to a Jews and a folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Greeks and Jews, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. All men and women are called by God to faith and baptism in Jesus Christ. Truthful Tolerance The Declaration on Religious Freedom of Vatican II, Dignitatis Humanae, as we know, cast all this in a new light 
In Article 2, we read, This Vatican Synod declares that the human person has a right to religious freedom. This freedom means that all men are to be immune from coercion on the part of individuals or social groups and of any human power in such wise that in matters religious, no one is to be forced to act in a manner contrary to his own beliefs, nor is anyone to be restrained from acting in accordance with his or her own beliefs, whether privately or publicly, whether alone or in association with others, within due limits. This synod further declares that the right to religious freedom has its foundation in the very dignity of the human person, as this dignity is known through the unrevealed Word of God and by reason itself. By this declaration, the Council guarantees, in effect, the natural right to teach and practice any fundamental dissent form of religion in a public forum. We have moved from the right of the public authorities to repress religious errors subject to the maintenance of the common good to the universal right of individuals to profess any religion whatever subject to due limits which limits the council later identifies as public order fidelity to proclaim the kingdom of god the church endowed with the gifts of her founder and faithfully ob observing his precepts of charity, humility, and self-denial, received the mission of proclaiming and establishing among all peoples of the kingdom of Christ and of God, and she is on earth the seed and the beginning of that kingdom. The church's mission is the same as it was yesterday, today, and tomorrow, to evangelize the whole world. It is the duty of the church, therefore, in her preaching to proclaim the cross of Christ as the sign of God's universal love and the source of all grace.